Their programming leaked into the castle's wiring through this old abandoned modem, allowing them to project themselves as holograms. Of course! It was so obvious! Yes, that sequence of words I said made perfect sense. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 18, The Honking. Aroo! Honk, honk! Where Cars of London. Ooh! This is already going going off the rails as cars do because they don't they're not on rails. Cars are not on rails. They certainly are not. They use train uh, cars are on rails. Well, that's a different kind of car. We're talking about the automobile. Welcome to How Cars Work, the podcast about cars and how they work and how they work. <laughs> I actually don't think either one of us knows anything about how cars work. They have engines. They sure do. They have wheels mostly. Wheels. They have seats. Seats. They have various fluids. Horses to provide power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where the power comes from is horses. Yeah, it, it's called pow- the power of horses. That's the power of horse. <laughs> bow, 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 okay, we're, we are a minute and 30 <laughs> seconds into this episode, and I've already sung two lines from two different songs. <laughs> about cars and horses and horse cars the, okay this is off to a great All right, start let's talk about this episode of futurama on this futurama podcast that we do we we start in a uh there's no cold open uh as we've discussed in previous episodes we're kind of in a no cold open zone uh so we we dive straight into the story where a robot has died in an old looking room when the doctor says notify his survivors then it cuts to planet express where bender is hanging out dancing around literally just singing b-e-n-d-e-r bender b-e-n-d-e-r bender Uh, singing b hermes walks in and mutes him and he continues dancing and probably singing but just no one can hear it I made that as a ringtone for somebody one time by request because uh, it was a friend of mine, the same one who we invented the the Futurama quote game. That that tracks. It, yeah, we both loved Futurama quite a bit. So what do you expect? Um, but she was like, she didn't know how to make ringtones, and she's like, "Could you make that for me?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, I can make that." So <laughs> it fills me it fills me with joy that somewhere out there a phone may be ringing, singing out spelling bender's name one can only hope that it's still happening right i mean even today you know that's good oh it's good no i'm not arguing i just think it's i i'm i'm touched in a very deep way it's true every time a bender cell phone ringtone goes off an angel gets its wings okay i thought you were going to take that in a different uh way uh every time a bender uh ringtone goes off i touch myself like the song? Whoa, okay. That's where I thought you were going to take it. 
uh, okay. Um, two uh, two very different things. <laughs> very different things. Yes. Or maybe the same thing. Or maybe the same thing. Hermes comes in with a pile of mail. Amy gets a de- designer lingerie catalog. Fry gets Sadie's un- uh, Sadie's bra parade. I think mm-hmm. something like that. And then Leela gets a uh, uh, bulk underpants outlet catalog. She laments, "You buy one pound of underwear once, and you're on your their mailing list forever." I mean, I feel that there's a lot of things that I've I've ordered from once, and I I have moved across the country, and I still get stuff from. So thank God I've never ordered a pound of underwear from bulk underwear outlet. Uh, I have two things to say. First off, a pound is a hilarious way to describe the amount of underwear. Second off, there is a college that you did not go to that knows of your new address and mailed you before anybody else knew the address. It's true. My my own family doesn't know my address, but Sweetbriar College definitely knows my address because I have donated money to them before. But But you donated them before you moved to this address. Yes. So they somehow got the change of address. Yes. They tracked me down. They're like Liam Neeson. They have a very particular set of skills. They will find you. And they will ask for more money. <laughs> that 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 bit was dedicated to the Sweetbriar women that are listening, including friends of the podcast, Tema and Stacy. So Bender also gets a black bordered envelope. Uh, Amy says that that means that somebody he knew has died. Hermes helpfully unmutes Bender and hands him the the envelope, and we find out that Bender's uncle Vladimir has died, and that the funeral is going to be tomorrow at the family castle. Followed by the reading of the will, uh, Bender then says, "Well, I'm rich," and then l- leaves and insults everybody. He says, "Goodbye, losers, whom I've always hated." He's like, "No, come on, it'll be fun." <laughs> the tonal whiplash that Bender always has is incredible to me. They travel to Thermostad, the capital of the Robo-Hungarian Empire. And when they show up, all the villagers... Uh, so first of all, uh, again, because it's the Slurm Factory, they're all worms thing. Everyone here is a robot. Everyone is a robot. Yes. So Everyone impo- is a robot in this Thermostad. It's, it's very important to point out the Planet Express crew shows up and they're kind of asking about the castle and everybody is terrified yeah of they this panic castle. and they do the sign of the the robot cross i believe is the kind of the zigzag because no i never i never thought about the, that the, but yeah the, okay. a, a kind of a callback to when bender was was religious mm-hmm. the the church of robotology yeah, the church of robotology and then they they uh, retreat to their houses because unholy things happen in the castle the professor points out that it's just superstitious mumbo jumbo, and one of the villagers is like, um, you know, with all your science, are you any closer to figuring out how a robot walks or talks? The circuit diagram is right here on the inside of your case. I choose to believe what I was programmed to believe. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best line. Wow, it's it's, so it's good. real good. This robot like pilots a horse buggy, and they take that all the way to the sea, powered by horses. Just see, yeah, exactly. You got mm-hmm. me. Um, he, they kind of stop abruptly as they're going to the castle, and he says, "I will take you this far, but no further." 
and then they it zooms out a little bit and it shows that they're at the castle mm-hmm. and so they go to the funeral uh where in the graveyard there is uh there are a couple of of gravestones that i'm maybe not 100 percent getting there's blimp the uh hovernator the hover mayor? Ho- hover mayor my note i typed these notes very fast Blimp, the hover mayor of Thermostat, I will rise again. I guess it's a because he's a hover mayor. Because he's a blimp. Okay. Because his name is Blimp or something like that. I mean, I guess I did get it. I just didn't find it funny. Yeah, it's not really. And also the red LeBaron, which uh, is a car. Uh huh. But why is why is there a car buried in here? I think it's just a robot and a car were named similarly, and I think that's the joke. Okay um and no one's no, not all the sight gags have to be funny the joke that i do like is that um they when they bury him uh first of all the the robot preacher is like filings to filings rust to rust it's very good and then they box him up with like styrofoam like f- like they st- pack him with styrofoam and then put him in in a box tape it up and and sm- uh stamp on it return to sender and then they they put him down in the uh in the the grave um which is very good and then the preacher bot opens his compartment and then all the rest of the dirt comes and falls out and covers the grave at the will reading uh the butler named you there uh (laughs) who's a human Mm -hmm. that's that's the one human in the town apparently maybe humans are servants in in this town in in the robo hungarian empire definitely and uh he gets one pittance to be paid out in 20 installments of one twentieth of a pittance each. Which he just breaks down in tears. Uh, the uh, uh, Vladimir's nephew, Tandy, which uh, I like because a, it's a computer model, mm-hmm. um, gets uh, his entire fortune of 10 million. Even though he's, he's not learned the value of a dollar. And Bender gets the castle. He, and then Bender's like, oh, let's stay in there tonight. On the condition that he stay one night within its walls. There's always a catch. So they are staying in the castle, mm-hmm. and Bender really likes it, like long tables and, and quiet spiders and all that. Uh, graveyard adjacent. And there is a painting on the wall that he realizes is looking at him. The eyes are following mm-hmm. him. The painting is, of course, of Commodore 64. Perfect. Which is a, a very good, fantastic joke. This is a this is kind of this the similar. We talk about this in our in our grades for robot episodes a lot, but we get a lot of these kind of jokey computer things that we really right. love. Yeah, there's a lot of very nerd centric. Like anytime it's a robot heavy episode, it's like this is our excuse. Let's throw in like Commodore sixty four references and Tandy references yeah. and just all kinds of. And there, there's plenty more where that came from oh, in this episode. Keep a pin in that one. Uh, the professor gets up and says it has uh, uh, eye sensors att- attached to motion detectors. So that's why it's seemingly looking at Bender. And Bender says, well, so does my butt, but you don't see me framing it and hanging it on a wall. Although. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Bender hasn't done that already, to be honest. Can you imagine... If you walked into somebody's house in a world in a world where somebody has framed uh, taken a picture of and framed their own ass our only solace is ass be gone 
What? <laughs> what? Well, I mean, that would get rid of the ass, right? Like, no? <laughs> I I don't see... Ass don't, be gone? Yeah, why not? Why is it, what's so funny? I don't even I don't even know how to follow that up. I really don't. <laughs> okay. Um Yeah, so e- everything about this castle is really kind of spook and bender mm-hmm. out. Uh later on they're in the library and Well, before we go to the library, they're still at the kind of dining room table and the Microsoft sound from Windows 98 plays. It's very specific Windows 98 sound, not Windows 95. I did the research. Um, it plays and laughter comes from an unknown source. Zoidberg finds it infectious and joins in the laughing. And yeah, they're, later on, they're chilling in the librarian. And Bender is very, very... like He went from this place is the best to this is a scary, definitely haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. And Hermes points out that the last... It couldn't be ghosts because the last ghost died over 200 years ago. That's a good good thing to note, but that was the last human ghost. Robot ghosts. I would just like to see like scientific proof that all the ghosts have just died. Like I want to know how that is a, a well-established fact in the future. That's a good point. I, I would love to know why that's a well-established point. I mean, I guess maybe in the future, Ghostbusters become real things and they kill all the ghosts. Or maybe there's a ghost plague. I didn't realize Ghostbusters meant. I I thought busting ghosts means just putting them in a in a in a, tra- in a trap and putting them away, not killing them mercilessly. Maybe uh, they just use some ghost be gone. See, there you go. That that <laughs> that's this scientific. It's just science. Mm-hmm, sure. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah they they are chilling in the library. Yep. Uh, the Microsoft sound from Windows ninety eight plays again. And binary numbers come, uh, start being, uh, blood comes through the wall that forms binary numbers. And it says, oh, one, oh, one, one, oh, oh, one, oh, one. Which, uh, Bender says is gibberish. I believe, uh, I, I looked it up and it's 357 in, if you, if you're going to change it to decimal. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he points out that it doesn't, it doesn't mean, anything it's just gibberish and then he looks in the mirror and reads it back backwards um and freaks out and i looked it up and did the math this turns out to be 666 in binary aha clever i was just looking that up now because i meant to when i was watching it but i didn't so i appreciate that you did the math on that Mm -hmm. well done i can close this this browser window because I don't need to Google anything yep. this episode. Well, I might need to Google Aspigon later because I don't understand what that is. I wouldn't recommend it. Well, now, okay, challenge accepted. Welcome to Ben's. I'm going to Google that corner. Do, 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 is do. it ASS dash the letter B dash gone? Sure. That's how I assume that it would be. Yeah, it seems legit. Okay. Well, Ben, I that's a face that you've made. Uh, the very first hit is a YouTube video. Oh, no. Oh, oh it's a workout video. Okay, that makes... <laughs> that makes that makes more sense. I was very nervous for a moment there. Um, and now I'm never going to talk about Aspigon ever again. 
an exercise video. That's terrific. I mean, it makes sense. I get it. Sure. I, I <laughs> oh, tickled me very well. So uh, Bender runs out of the room because he sees the binary 666 mm-hmm. in the mirror. Uh, he's being chased by both the Microsoft Windows logo, kind of a spectral following him, and a toaster from the After Dark screensavers, um, and uh, runs into Uncle Vladimir's ghost. Man, you remember the After Dark screensavers? Oh, like, yeah. Those yeah. were the coolest. When I was a kid, I thought that was the coolest. They were just screensavers, but I thought they were the coolest They were thing. coolest. There was actually one that was a game show. You bet your head. And if you got it, like you could actually play your screensaver, which is a weird, weird idea, I guess. Okay. Uh, but you could play it, and if you got a question wrong, because your your avatar was like this little tiny, like circular head, and if you got it wrong, a like a literal hammer would come walking over to you and smash smash your head, and you would then it would not be your turn anymore. That sounds very bizarre. I do not remember that one at all. I I don't I don't know why I know that, but it's it was, I I have this this weird kind of like memories of these weird things that no one knows about i looked it up it does exist i look i watched a video of it i'm like oh man there it is so it's not just some sort of fever dream you had one time or anything it's a real thing it could be a recurring fever dream that i had earlier today yes okay that's good to know who who knows where the fever dream starts and well where it stops and where reality begins maybe there is no such thing as reality moving on (laughs) Yes, Bender sees uh, a a sort of apparition of his deceased uncle Vladimir, along with a bunch of other like robot ghosts that start coming out of the paintings on the walls. Yeah, they they said they they that he'll enjoy being dead, but that's what you said about being alive, and so they all just start saying, "Join us!" and Bender runs. It seems like the thing to do. Yeah, fair. Uh, meanwhile. The professor and crew are out in the graveyard doing some digging and like literal digging. And he finds that all of the robot bodies were buried with improper shielding. So they are basically connecting through to this abandoned modem uh, that connects back to the castle, which allows them to project themselves as holograms. And Hermes like, of course it was so obvious. And the the professor says, Yes, that sequence of words I said made perfect sense. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> oh, it's terrific, though. It's it's just wonderful. Uh, and they're like, oh, we should probably tell Bender that, you know, there's nothing to be worried about because it's just this holograms produced by an old modem. He then comes from off screen screaming, runs through them and runs way past them. And then he finds himself out in a field, an empty field. Or is it? Turns out that the field is not empty at all, but a car, one with wheels, Mm. comes up behind him and runs him down. And then the car drives off and stops for a second in front of the moon to howl at it and then honk a couple of times. I don't know if you heard what I did at the very beginning of the episode, listener, but it was like that. Which, again, going back to our our main point of this episode that we don't know much about cars, uh, do cars howl? Based on the car that's outside that is currently howling? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was the best timing ever. I hope that gets picked up on the track. Like the first time I've ever wanted car noises <laughs> to be picked up on the track. But yes, I believe cars howl. Yes. 
I believe it now. The next morning, they find Bender. Like, uh, conked out, kind of crumpled, beaten up. Yeah, he's very dented and, and just he's not in a very good shape. Or in a good place either. Uh, he asks if anyone has any liquor and literally everybody hands him some sort of alcohol, mm-hmm. which he sort of takes a moment to ponder and picks his favorite alcohol. And uh, then he tells them the story about how he was attacked by this car, but it wasn't a hover car. It crept along the ground with round rubber feet like a wolf. I want to know what kind of wolves they see in, in on Earth. In the year 3000. Turbo wolves. Oh, no. Not turbo wolves. I bet, as an aside. Okay. I bet the sci-fi channel could make an original movie (laughs) called Turbo Wolf that would maybe not be that bad. Turbo Wolf versus Sharknado? Turbo Wolf versus Sharknado. Yes. Yes. I mean, but you have to build the Turbo World the Turbo Wolf world before you can smash the two worlds together. Right. You need to you need to establish Turbo Wolf as its own franchise. Exactly. And then do do that that combination. Yeah, it's it's like Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, exactly. But in television show format and the sci-fi Exactly. And involving Sharknados and Turbo Wolf. I'd watch the hell out of that. Me too. Dear Sci-Fi, please create Turbo Wolf. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start working on the script treatment now. uh, And we can uh, send this in. And we can get that money from from Sci-Fi. That I believe, based on their other scripts, we'll get about five bucks for it. Uh, Bonus episode can be us reading the Turbo Wolf. The Turbo Wolf script. Uh, that sounds great. Oh, man. That's so good. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Fry's like, man, you've been drinking too much. Or not enough. I forget how it works with you. Uh, but then they also find some tracks left yeah. by this car. Yeah, Amy points them out leading away from, from Bender. And Leela thinks that Bender's telling the truth. And everyone screams. And that is a pretty scary thought. It's scarier than Turbo Wolf. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, that's a good sequel title. Scarier than Turbo Wolf. Is it? Yeah, because you have Turbo Wolf and then scarier than Turbo Wolf. What's scarier than Turbo Wolf? You'll have to wait and see. Ooh, Ooh see, see now, now the mystery. Yeah, I'm hooked. Back at Planet Express, uh, I, I, my note literally just says, Bender looks wrecked. Same. Uh, Zoidberg prescribes makeup. Um, as he pulls out his Mary Kay sample case. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he, he, he's literally like, man, you look terrible. And then prescribes makeup to make him look not terrible. <laughs> like an absolutely real 100% doctor would do. Mm-hmm. Well, Zoidberg's got to make some extra money on the side somehow. He's got to make some money somehow. <laughs> Fair. And... Then Leela brings in the paper where it looks like there was another hit and run out by the robot porno theater. Which matches up with Bender's nightmares of about uh, cars running people over. Also, he was in the sort of vicinity of that robot porno theater last night. Yeah, in that general area. And it, he, he assumes that whoever ran him over in, uh, in the Robo-Hungarian Empire has followed him to New New York. 
somebody says, man, you're just being a big hallucinating baby. That was Hermes. And then he's like, oh, yeah? Could a big hallucinating baby do this? And then he just breaks down crying. He's like, I scared. (laughs) It's very funny to me. Uh, Later that night, a gray car is driving around. um, And it... There are some thugs kind of beating up, uh, breaking up, breaking car windows and things and says, all right, we got to hurry this up. We got church tomorrow. And then Bender stalks and hunts down those thugs and howls at the moon. Uh, that's all I wrote. I mean, it's kind of just a chase sequence. And Yeah, it's I mean, the the way that it finally it, they get inside and think they're safe. And then he shows up as the car in in the elevator, which is kind of funny. Uh huh. I mean, technically, we don't know that it's Bender yet, but it's pretty obviously Bender. Yeah, it's pretty obviously. I mean, that's why I mentioned a gray car. Yes. So Bender wakes up in an impound lot. Impound lot 136, the happiest place on earth. That's what the sign reads. That's an interesting tagline, impound lot. Anyway, uh, Bender wakes up in this this happiest place on earth with uh, transmission fluid on his face. And uh, the, the guy running the impound lot is like, hey, you bum, get up. But I'm scared. He says, we're all scared. It's the human condition. <laughs> Why do you think I put on this tough guy facade? Oh, man. I love I love Sal. That's just a great... That's a great response to anybody ever telling you that they're scared. It's just like, we're all scared. That's the human condition. <laughs> so good. Um, he then goes to Planet Express and he he's telling them about this and then he he found this and he opens his compartment and pulls out two pink fuzzy dye which fry suggests maybe he was just shooting some fuzzy craps which is not a phrase that i particularly like saying (laughs) what were you doing last night oh you know shooting some fuzzy craps I'd tell you to go to the doctor for that, but he's just going to prescribe you some makeup, so... Fair. Bender kind of determines he needs some professional help, and they go find a Circus Fortunes uh, vending machine robot. It's very reminiscent of the uh, uh, fortune teller thing from the movie Big. He's like, I wish I were big. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a it's a uh, lady version. Sure. Yeah, it's basically just this uh, fortune teller... Um, robot who she makes appearances in later episodes too. she does so yeah. this is this is kind of her introduction uh into the the series i don't know if she has an official name i didn't actually look that up i didn't either uh she's the fortune teller mm-hmm. robot lady bender puts in five cents and she immediately wakes up and says you're aware car, or you're gonna have a terrible fate of being a wear car which as a side note uh the wear and werewolf uh translate it's man so it's kind of it's I get what they're going for, but it's not technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. It's fair. It's it's that's that part is canon there. But uh, anyways, yeah, she she informs him that he is a wear car and he wants no more information. But she's like, you're going to have to pay a terrible price. And he puts in another. He says, yeah, yeah. Cents. And puts in another five cents. Uh, it does turn out that the car that hit Bender gave him the wear car virus. Which we find out because she's reading this ancient readme file that says uh, <laughs> wear car something something for Windows 95. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. So they d- they figure out that the only hope that Bender has to not be a wear car is to d- destroy the original wear car. Um, once that happens, it'll beam out the un- uninstall program. 
because that's definitely how computers work. Sure is. So basically, a simple course from here. They just got to go find the original wear car and, you know, kill it. Yeah. It's fine. Easy. Easy um, stuff. At the same time, uh, each night as it turns to midnight, his clock will go to zero and his attacks will become more and more gruesome until he is doomed to kill his dearest friend. And Fry's like, I wouldn't want to be me right about now. Oh, Fry. So they're back in uh, Bender's apartment and Leela is welding Bender into shackles on the wall. He questions this because it wouldn't make more sense to weld everybody else to the wall. I don't think so, personally. It seems that would be um, impractical and also would be easy to, I mean, a car up against a wall and then a person in between. That seems bad. Sure. But I mean, this doesn't even work very well because the, the clock strikes midnight bender transforms and pretty much immediately breaks free immediately breaks free and then goes on a bit of a an attempted killing rampage yeah uh leela and fry both leave the apartment and go different ways and bender uh leela turns a corner and bender is there and she dives out of the way and then there's a little bit of a chase sequence and they end up in a like uh uh like a junk lot. Yeah, junkyard. Um, Fry is kind of upset because he's not being chased. Leela is. He's very upset because Leela's being chased and not him. Because mm-hmm. that means that Leela is Bender's best friend. Which is... Uh, it's sad. Yeah. Um, Leela kind of runs into the junkyard and, you know, gets a, grabs a pipe to avoid him and then gets into a crane. Um, and then uses it to pick Bender as a car off the ground. And then they just kind of hold him there until morning, and uh, everybody everybody was fine. But like, you know, he B- Bender sees Leela and Fry there, and he's like, "Oh, Fry, I'm so I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt. Uh, I hope it didn't hurt you." And then Fry's like, "You didn't hurt me physically." <laughs> I love I love how hurt Fry is because he wasn't trying to be killed, right? Like. You should have been trying to kill me. That's what friends do. Uh, so Fry is still hurt, but Leela's like, let's just put the feelings away and let's go kill the original Werecar. So they they go back to Thermostat and uh, uh, find what they think is the original Werecar. And they kind of beat the crap out of him. And he he's like, I'm not the original Werecar. Uh, I, I was attacked when on a bird watching expedition to the antarctic so they go and then th- the person in the nig- the robot in the igloo says yeah i hit that bird watching jerk and a hundred <laughs> others but but that one was hit by calculon mm-hmm. and so they they fly to hollywood and track down calculon and he reveals the story that First of all, he's actually a thousand years old. Even though his bio says he's 27. He, ch- he updates and changes his identity uh, every few decades. He was Thespomat and David Duchovny. <laughs> it's very good. Um, but yeah, it turns out that originally, before he got into acting, he was just this uh, like robotic arm in an assembly line at... Uh, an automotive research lab, yeah. Where they decided to try building the most evil car to ever exist, Project Satan. It had the steering wheel from Hitler's car, uh, Charles Manson's turn signal, and windshield wipers from the car that played Knight Rider. That car wasn't evil. 
It was. It just it didn't come up in the show very often. Uh, <laughs> oh, isn't it just the wipers that were evil? Yeah, yeah, something like I something like that yeah. line. I don't remember it exactly, but yeah, basically the wipers are evil, and it didn't come up at all. It's very good. Well, I think he, he says it doesn't come up very often, which implies that it came up at least once. We we might have to do a full rewatch of Knight Rider to find out. Spinoff podcast. Spinoff ba- podcast. Back to the no uh, Knight Rider. Uh, Knight Riding. Hmm, okay. No. Um. Kit and the gang. Hmm. No. I don't know. We'll think of something. If you have, if you have ideas, the Hassle Cast. If you have ideas for a uh, Knight Rider spinoff, spinoff podcast. podcast, actually, don't tweet those to us because <laughs> we're not going to do it. We're not going to do that. <laughs> now that they have a a an idea mm-hmm. of what this is and the fact that Calculon points out that this car is either in, in France Paris? or more likely um, back at the abandoned automotive plant. Uh, it is a Chrysler plant and it has spray painted anti anti Chrysler, which is a very good gag. Leela's plan is that basically they're going to uh, gang up on the car and then have the two of them distract it while she kills it by plugging the tailpipe with this silver potato. <laughs> I love this so much. Which I get I get the joke because, you know, silver and werewolves and mm-hmm. also putting potatoes in tailpipes and all of that. But it took me a lot longer than I like to admit about not understanding the joke because every time I was just like, where the hell did she get a silver potato? <laughs> The real questions are being asked on this podcast. Like, okay, gonna open up uh, Amazon oh, here. We're 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 double dipping on Ben's. No, Google no, no. This corner. is just this is an Amazon search. Oh. Um. Okay, Ben's gonna search on Amazon for that corner. Um. Okay, so I typed in silver potato, and what did you get? Uh, for twenty one eighty nine, you can buy a sterling silver potato charm pendant. That's a reasonable price for that. That's a thing. Sure is. So as as always, the answer is where did you get that? Amazon. Amazon. Uh, so yes, that's the plan. Um, they find they finally find Project Satan kind of looking kind of upset. So Leela goes over and talks to it and asks, "Are are you seem upset?" you want us to put us put you out of your misery and it's like what misery i'm having fun i love killing people and he he goes on to it i guess it goes on to describe basically in gory detail how much fun he has brutally murdering people something about pushing organs out like chunky mustard uh-huh yeah it was gross uh-huh that's why i was just gonna let that be but nope. I can't ever let anything be. You know this about me. It's true. So, um, so it 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 strikes midnight, and Bender turns into his car form, and uh, both cars start chasing Fry and Leela. Bender is chasing Fry, and well, but first, um, Leela grabs onto the back of Project Satan and is getting ready to put this silver potato in the tailpipe. But there's no tailpipe because it's 
the most evil invention ever, Ed Bagley Jr.'s electric motor. <laughs> Love it. And then, yeah, they're, the both cars kind of meet back up, and Project Satan says, basically, like, pick whichever one you want, man. And then Bender has a moment of, like, Fry, Leela, Fry, like, back and forth, settles on Fry and starts chasing after him, and Fry is thrilled he loves the fact that he's about to be run over by this car because it means bender truly loves him yeah uh so bender kind of hits him with his car and fry kind of tumbles into the driver's seat uh bender buckles him in and he's like oh thank you bender and then like chokes him with it um and then starts hitting him with the uh the driver's wheel meanwhile uh i don't actually have any good notes here because it's sort of just like a chase scene okay um so so leela runs into the crashed uh the crash test area with ramps um and it turns out both uh she runs up the ramp and jumps off and project satan and bender are both flying off these ramps over a long line of uh school buses and it looks like they're about to crash into each other but they just narrowly miss um project satan lands on the far ramp um and is laughing and has his eyes closed or its eyes closed and realizes too late that, that there's going to be, there's a fire at the end of the ramp. He slams on the brakes, but can't break in, uh, in time and kind of falls into the fire and starts beaming out the uninstall program. So yeah. Meanwhile, still kind of mid air Bender gets that uninstall file, turns back into a robot, lands on the ramp very awkwardly. It's kind of like running down the ramp. Uh, but manages to to come back down. Leela's there, and she's like, what happened to Fry? He's like, I must have killed him. I've never felt so empty. And then it uh, turns out Fry is just crammed up inside Bender's compartment, and then just kind of gets out, like, just fine. Like, yeah, no this big is deal. a thing that happens all the time, apparently. Like, just the level of comfort he has with just crawling out of Bender's compartment is actually kind of weirding me out now that I say that out loud. Yeah, it also uh, asks a lot of questions or raises a lot of questions about the size of Bender's compartment. It's bigger on the inside. So Fry uh, toasts Bender with with Bender's last beer. And Bender says, I'm going to kill you. And Fry's like, I'll kill you too, buddy. And then Bender's arm comes in and starts choking Fry. And that is where the episode ends. Yep. The credits have just Fry choking over them. Which is fantastic. Fantastic. But now, grades. Oh, oh, okay. That ooh, that was unexpected. Well done. <laughs> so, yeah, this is kind of not really a typical Futurama episode. It's it's leaning a different way. It's not kind of it's it's leaning towards the horror thing a little bit more, and it's moderately successful. Um, it is one of those kind of more robot uh, technology centered episodes, but again, this is not really one I look forward to. Um, and, and I don't, I don't enjoy it as much as other episodes of Futurama, even though it's got some good jokes. Um, I find that, yeah, you know, the, you, you know, your calculons jokes are good and things like that, but I just, it doesn't match what I'm expecting when I, when I watch an episode of Futurama to me. Like I, I find the 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 pacing isn't quite right, and I'm not a huge fan of the the scenes that are in the Roba Hungarian Empire. So I'm I'm probably going to give it more of a B minus. Okay, I think that in general, um, 
it's an okay episode. There, there are some very good jokes. Um, again, because it is that that robot centric stuff, you get some more of those like computer nerd jokes, uh, which for me personally does kind of bump that up a little bit. But honestly, like this is, and I, I don't remember it off the top of my head what I've given to any other episode this season, but. Um, this is maybe, I think, the most boring episode of the season. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny, but, like, ultimately, I don't feel you miss a whole lot by just skipping over this episode. Yeah, it almost feels like an alternate universe kind of thing. Well, I don't think it's bad. I think it's maybe average at best. Um, like I said, I gave it a little bit more of that, uh, a little more points for... The robot jokes, but uh, I feel weird giving it anything higher than a C plus. So that's where I'm gonna land sure. with that. And and a lot of mine were was because of the the different like the robot jokes at the very beginning with the Windows ninety eight song and the and the binary that actually had meaning to it and stuff like that. So I think I think that's a reasonable grade to give it as well. But as always, uh, if you agree or disagree with what we just said about the honking or any other episode that we may have already discussed. Or just want to say anything else to us about Futurama. We always love hearing from you. So if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that by sending us an email to backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. And as always, we're on iTunes uh, podcast, so please feel free to rate review and subscribe and let's see if we can get more Futurama fans listening to the podcast. And until next week, uh, which is actually going to be the season two finale, believe it or not, we're already getting pretty close. We're booking it until next week. I'm Ben and I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.